0: Welcome to episode 510 of The Sleeper of the Faith. I'm your host, Spore. Joined by Eno Saris, we got Justin Mason producing. Eno, what's going on, man? Stuff. The hot stove. Are you high? Don't stand too close. You might get burnt.
1: Things are finally finally, happening.
0: It's cooking, man. For a while, you could sit in the hot stove and you would have been fine. You'd actually be cold. Now, if you're in there... (laughs) You're dead, cause you burned. That's a great image that we're starting off with. People are but,
1: gonna blame it on Tony and Stanton, but you know, st- some of the stuff that happened today could have nothing to do with them. It just—I I know. I
0: I still problem. like. It's easy to say it's them, but I also do think that they played a, a role. A role. Listen, the Tigers couldn't be out there signing Mike Fiers until they knew where. Uh, Otani was going. And once they realized (laughs) Otani wasn't coming to Detroit, they were able to go ahead and go ahead and sign Mike Byers. So don't tell me that that didn't have an impact. (laughs) No, we actually have a lot of moves. Uh, to discuss, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's start with Otani. Is just breaking about an hour, hour and a half ago that he is going to sign with the Angels. He'd narrowed his list down to essentially the West Coast uh, plus the Cubs and Rangers. There was a lot of chatter. There were trades being made to get extra bonus, uh, maybe to set teams over. We'll talk about Seattle, what they were able to do to get more money uh, and, and get D Gordon. But they come up short. Otani to the Angels. Eno, what would you think when you saw it?
1: I was surprised. I was surprised. I was thinking Padres, Giants, Mariners, were in the in the front. Looking back, I think there's a lot of ways to rationalize it. Um I suppose, you know, he wanted to make his own mark and be associated with the angels like you say, each Ichiro with the Mariners. I don't know why that would discount the Giants. Uh I don't think Tsuyoshi Shinjo is uh, has staked, <laughs> has staked a claim on Giants for the future. But maybe uh, at that point, the money did play a factor, right? Because we know was, money was wasn't... a 3 million difference between yeah, the Angels and the Giants. And then also the Giants would have to play him in the outfield uh, where the Angels get to play him at DH. you got to downgrade C.J. Krohn and Albert Pujols' plate appearances. Not maybe by a ton. Maybe Otani's only going to take 250, 300 plate appearances... Um, but, uh, you're going to have to, you have to downgrade Crone at least. And if you were excited about Pujols bouncing back, uh, you have to downgrade him. You never should have been in the first place, but now you really shouldn't be. <laughs>
0: right. Also, both those guys are right-handers. so is a left-hander. We could actually see some pinch hitting. Uh, I would, I really wouldn't be surprised by it. Obviously we don't see a ton of pinch hitting in the American league, not the way we do in the national league, but I could absolutely see some scenarios where it's like, okay, Hey, Big righty uh, reliever out there. Let's go ahead and get this left-handed bat for one of those two guys. So I think he'll get some pinch-hitting plate appearances that way as well. But let's focus on where his real fantasy value is, which is on the mound. There's obviously a lot of talk about how amazing his stuff is. He's put up some brilliant numbers. He's got some brilliant highlights out there. Uh, a deep arsenal, a couple plus to plus-plus pitches, and a couple others that are uh, you know above average to plus themselves. What is Otani on the mound? How, how good can he be in year one? You know, and what do you expect, most importantly, his innings workload to look like?
1: Yeah, I think he'll start about 25 times. I think he may be a fantasy bust in a way, or, or just it depends on how much people end up spending on him. But sure. there's a lot of excitement, and I think people will, will overspend because you're, you, he's capped at, I would feel like, 140 innings, 130 innings. Yeah, he's uh, he's peaked
0: at 160 before, and I said that that
1: would be the upside when I Yeah, when I, wrote so it, I think like, that's I think you the would highest. Project, yeah, I think you'd project him for like 130, 140 innings, uh, 200, 250 plate appearances. Most systems, like uh, labor, uh, make you choose. You know, if it's weekly, make you choose where you're going to play him. NFBC uh, won't even allow you; it's pitcher only. Pitcher only. There you go. And uh, and so. You know, you're talking about uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I think uh, what's a, who's an injury prone ace like guy, I guess. Uh, well, there's
0: a lot of guys like that, like, like it's
1: Richard Paxton,
0: or... the Garrett Richard, his
1: Paxton, own teammate, Rich of So many of those. I mean, I, that's where I would slot him, which is, I guess, in the sort of 30s and 40s where you, you it's an ace when they're in there, but you can't count them any innings. I put him at 31. The two guys right ahead of him, Garrett Richards and Lance McCullers. There you go. Yeah, exactly where I'd put him. But I think he'll go for more than that, I think. Well, it's hard to say right now because he's he's not even in systems to be mock drafted. And
0: In a lot of drafts, he will, though. I, I agree with you. There's going to be excitement. There's going to be people wanting to push him. I have James Paxton at 21, and he's very much like those guys, too. Uh, maybe I should bring Paxton down closer to them, but I, I just I, I love Paxton. I can't help myself, I guess. Um I could certainly see Otani going it doesn't in seem the top as injury
1: riddled as like a Garrett Richards and Lance McCullers. I don't think so. Yeah. Slot him in between those, those, those groups. Otani, Uh you know, it's funny is that Otani's capped at 140 or whatever, but then he also adds injury risk because he's been injured. Exactly. He, he had an ankle injury last year
0: that limited his playing time to just 25 and, and, and a third innings and a handful of plate appearances. So we have to take that into consideration. Are they going to do something of like a de facto six man or an outright six man? Uh, because if you do plan on playing him at DH a couple times a week, you're going to maybe want him, you you don't want to have two start weeks. It's going to really muddy it up. So do they have to get a swing man who kind of comes in because you don't want to put some of these other guys on a six man rotation, or is that the best scenario for the angels because they have so many, uh, injury concern guys like Garrett Richards, like Matt shoemaker, Tyler Skaggs, Andrew Heaney, maybe they are a perfect fit to do a flat out six man. They built a great pen, uh on the fly last year. i don't know how good it's going to be This, you know it could be one of those that that rose up and 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 regresses this year but they did find a lot of useful pieces like
1: parker yeah Kenny parker middleton. parker's the guy i'm 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 drafting for uh, saves. saves yeah i think Kenan middleton the, by the way sorry but i had the wrong name there yeah i think i think parker middleton and, and bedrosian are good pitchers that will remain good pitchers mm-hmm. i think that Beyond that, there's a lot of question marks. Maybe that's where they end up spending money. They have another move or two in them, I think. Moose? Uh, yeah. You think Moose? Well, I mean, I, th- I think it, moose, it, moose, the big one is either Moose or you. Um, you know, get a, get another starting pitcher or get uh, a third baseman. And then maybe they have a, l- a little bit left uh, to get like an Addison Reed type or, uh, you know, one more one more reliever. Um, so I'd watch them. I don't know if Bud Norris is under contract with them next year, but as like a your fourth or fifth reliever, he's he's interesting. I don't interesting.
0: think he is. I think he is a free agent. They did get Jim Johnson in in one of their deals. There you go. And,
1: and, and that's good. I think that's what they needed to do was depth, right? They they yeah, have yeah fourth fifth guy. Gonna he's going to be a guy who comes on with guys on base and tries to get the, the ground ball double play. So you know they they they're, they're building a little bit um, in the rotation. I think it is interesting. Uh, they have so many guys, like you said, that are that are so injured and and like a guy like J.C. Ramirez should never see the, be- the, the third time through the order ever because uh, he only has two pitches and no command. So um Tropiano's probably coming back and he's interesting, like but again, not the many innings coming off of Tommy John surgery. Um, and so right now it's uh, it's very interesting. I think you would call Otani their ace Richards, mm-hmm. their second. Uh, Skaggs, Haney, Shoemaker. Maybe they won't go do Irish. Maybe, maybe they're just like, yeah, you know... Bridwell, too. Bridwell had a decent guy. season last year. Yeah, and maybe they'd convert Bridwell and Ramirez into uh, those swing men that you need like 100 innings from uh, if you're going to take guys out or six six starter types. Um, and you go to war with Otani, Richards, Haney, Skaggs, Shoemaker. That's I mean, that's a good front five. Uh, and your six is is just your, you know, your J.C. Ramirez-Tropiano-Bridwell combination. Yeah, you know what? I think that they can maybe look at second base or third base, because right now they're starting Val Buena and Caleb Cowart, and for a team that's looking to win now, I think, it's, you got to
0: fill one of those. You can have yeah, one, I think. Right. I, re- I I think they can get away with one, maybe see what Coward is. He's a former first rounder that has a, like a, Wayne a, a Coward touch for of one spot. Yeah, would yes.
1: be a okay situation because you got your veteran with a uh, high floor, low upside, and you've got a, a young guy that could turn into something. So, but yeah. Bit, something, so, yeah. I mean, maybe they maybe they do something where they get Neil Walker and the reliever. Or maybe they get Mike Moustakis, uh and a, and a cheaper reliever. So
0: Or they trade Mytan, Kevin Maiton, who they signed, for Ian Kinsler. Boom, I'm making deals. Let's go. Finally, they can trade with the <laughs> Tigers, can trade with the Angels, and actually get something. No, obviously, that's not going to happen. But they what did a, get Kevin Maiton. What an off
1: season for Billy Epler, though. Bill I mean, freaking Epler, dog. Yeah. And apparently, I didn't know this, but Epler uh, had been scouting Otani for the Yankees. When he was uh, with the Yankees, yeah. and he, he's he been in on him since high school and has uh, gone over to Japan to meet with him twice before. Um, There's so, little
0: things that we don't always know on the outside that play a big role. There was a lot of buzz about uh, San Diego bringing over some of the training staff that Otani was comfortable with, Hideo Nomo and Takashi Saito in their front office, and those factors were going to be, were were said to be big to keep San Diego in there. And obviously they didn't finish the deal, but those little factors, because obviously we knew right away, it wasn't going to just be money. It wasn't just going to be, you know, are you an automatic winner this year? It was going to be, can you build something? Can he build a legacy? Does he have things that make him comfortable? I think he's going to find that uh, with the angels and it's going to be really interesting. So let's, let's put a button on it here. As a pitcher only, so NFBC style, where are you going to have them among pitchers? Uh, give me, give me, you gave a little bit of a ballpark, but give me a little bit more of a firm number. You said thirties, forties.
1: Where, I'm where I'm, I'm, I'm going to solidify that and and go over um, McCullers and Richards and okay. under Paxton. Okay, um, so.
0: That's probably late twenties, early thirties ish. I, I would, I would guess in most cases. Now, if the hitting is included, if that's something that's available to you, now you would have to maybe where you have to shift him back and forth. How much do you bump
1: him up? Not much. I, I just, I, you know, he picked a, he picked a, a pitcher's park, and it's going to be hard to use him, and he's going to be a DH, and. He's just behind as a hitting prospect, even if you like him as a hitting prospect. So. I completely agree. I think the hitting gets overrated in this aspect, and people are going to use it to
0: justify um, drafting him as a top-20 pitcher. And I think it's going to be a mistake. So I'm going to be laying off. I don't think I'm really going to get any Otani shares. It'd be fun to get the, uh, the shiny new toy shins. Shiny new toy syndrome, you got to be careful with it. Uh, watch yourself out there, folks. If you catch a case of the shins, it could affect you all season. That's, that's the thing. There are cures. But uh, they're they're pricey and uh, it's it's problematic. It's a disease that plagues many shins. You have you have to be careful about shiny new toy syndrome. It happens to (laughs) thousands of fantasy players every year in every fantasy sport. All right, so that puts that that puts cap on that, and the episode is over. All we wanted to talk about was Otani.
1: Now, yeah, I remember. Remember the rest. Remember how excited for for for, I'm gonna I'm not gonna say that that uh, uh, that acronym because i will make it sound I'm making, i'll am i mess it up it'll, it'll yeah, be just something me. else uh just but uh, uh a, a good example of that actually is in when we're in our same conversation with kevin my it's like you know remember how excited and breathless everyone was when when he got signed
0: and they've gone completely the other way though that right. you know that now at 17 he pumped up a little bit he didn't have a great year now he's a piece of garbage the prospect community uh, fascinates me. And I, I'm saying that to be polite. And this is not a hit mm-hmm. on everyone. It's actually the fantasy prospect community because the, the long and hangings of the world, the, the, the B the baseball Americas, the BPs, the, the ones that are, you know, focused on it from the baseball perspective and doing all the scouting. I don't see them as overreactionary, but the fantasy world, it's like, oh my God, this guy's 16 years old. He's going to be so amazing. Let's get him on my dynasty team. Oh, he had one bad year. He's the worst. I just traded him <laughs> for freaking Mike Minor or some garbage. Like it is crazy how quickly they move. So, 17 year old Kevin Maiton came available because of the uh, Atlanta Braves' troubles there. Angels get him too. What is your outlook on him? Obviously, he's super young, but what, what does the future hold for Kevin Maiton in your estimation?
1: I'm not out yet completely. He's so young that we haven't even let that thickening up of his lower half, which is also a funny part of prospect, <laughs> prospect, <laughs> the prospect world is all. Yeah, I'm I'm reminded of my obsession with Austin Meadows, prodigious ass. Uh, but uh, uh, we haven't let the thickening of his lower half uh, turn into power yet. So uh, I think this would be an interesting time to acquire him if, it, if he wasn't uh, expensive because we could see what uh you know a season a full season. he hadn't even played like a he hasn't really played 176 like 76 played appearances yeah. in the states yeah
0: and and people are writing him off i mean yeah. come on he's going to be 18 there's still he could have 3 years of up and down and we're still talking about a guy who'd be entering his age 22 like let's ease off he's a switch hitter he's supposed to have kind of all the uh all the tools hitting wise there's been some chatter of perhaps maybe more of a miguel Sano f- feel to it because he
1: is uh getting bigger and does have power so, so visual comp on mlb now the other, MLB network the other day that he looked more like uh gregory polanco uh, okay which, you know it's an interesting idea if he doesn't have the power uh, he doesn't really have the speed of a Polanco, so that would be a bad outcome from I think. But uh, still, a Polanco, by the way, just as a, as an aside, I still. I mean, if you if you had an really infielder, uh, an infielder level Polanco with no uh, speed, that would still be uh, an interesting fantasy player. It wouldn't necessarily be a star, but. And and especially maybe not, not as much speed, and then get a little bit more of the
0: power. Like there'd be a little bit of a trade off there. I don't know. I think there's just still so many ways that Maiton can go. Bottom line is excellent offseason for the Angels so far in Billy Apple, and it's not over. I agree with you that there's probably going to have another impact move, and then maybe another one or two ancillary but but significant moves as well. Let's move on uh, to the rest of the 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 moves here. Let's start with D Gordon, the D Gordon trade to Seattle when that broke, of course. It was a head scratcher immediately because he plays second base and they have a guy at second base, a little known uh, Robinson Cano. So it was like, well, what? Well, how, how's that going to work? And then we learned pretty quickly after that D Gordon was going to be put into center field. So he's he's coming over to the Mariners, going to be a center fielder. He came with a million bucks of international money to put Seattle, I believe, on the top of the uh, of the list in terms of the most bonus money. Obviously, it didn't work out for them. They trade a few prospects uh, the other way Nick Needart, uh, Christopher Torres, and Robert Duggar. Um, from a fantasy angle, obviously, Gordon is really the only focus here because Seattle wasn't able to land Otani with the money. What do you think of Gordon in Seattle?
1: You know, there's uh, a fascination with DePoto when it comes to, like, an obsession when it comes to center fielders. He's got. Ben Gamel, who could play center field. He's got Guillermo Heredia, who played through like four separated shoulders last year. And, you know, so we don't even know what he is, but he could be. I mean, he's defensively a center fielder. I don't know. Mitch Hanniger on a team like the Mets or or Braves could be a center fielder. Uh, Teams that, you know, are willing to try things defensively. Um, so, you know, he's, he, he, he likes to go get them, uh, in the outfield and, uh, then he takes us, he goes and gets a second baseman to play center field. It's just, it's weird. I, I don't think that the, the point of that deal was to get more. I don't think the point of the deal is to get more international money. I do think that was a sweetener. I do think he, you know, wants D Gordon to play center field, which is a little bit weird. Um, and I'm not sure D. Gordon is also a real hard one to suss in terms of projections. You know, projections say he's underwater, he's going to be a below average player. Uh, um, from his
0: contract standpoint, you're
1: talking about his contract standpoint, but also just from a, uh, from a war and also just a batting line perspective, you know, that he's going to, uh, only have like a 320 BABIP, uh, and a 280 average and be a below average guy with a stick and, uh, and uh be a below average center field sec- well, center fielder, I guess now with uh with uh so you know, end up not being uh a, a league average player. But you know, at least in his good years, he's had 350 and 380 type uh babips, and he has this kind of Ichiro-esque, I think he's learned it from Ichiro, this uh opposite field, you know, spray while spray the ball while like basically running to first base. Um mentality and uh in a way i think i might um i might take the over on his projections you know even though he's yeah. going to a bad park he's coming from a bad park and it's not about he's coming power. from one
0: exactly i i think he's going to continue to be a fantasy stud um you can put him in the outfield or second base i don't think you have to use him at second base billy hamilton couldn't hit to save his life and he was uh, he's like a top 20 to 15 uh, or 15 to 20 outfielder every year by total value because of those stolen bases, you know, depending on how you do your dollar values, but he always ends up pretty high up there. And obviously Gordon can actually hit a bit. So I think you could be looking at a top 10 outfielder type for D Gordon. He's still going to be one of the top three to five second baseman, depending on how you rank them. He's a second, third rounder without a doubt. Right. I, I think adding outfield potential yeah. just in, enhances him a little bit.
1: Of the guys who are impact stolen base guys, I I think I actually prefer him to any of them. Trey Turner is uh, the only other one I I think I'd prefer yeah. more, but you have to pay your first round pick too. So there's obviously right. you're paying a short, and he actually has power, and yeah, he's a he's a well rounded player. But last year, only two players stole more than forty bases, and that's your D Gordon, Billy Hamilton. I'd rather have uh, Billy Ham uh, D Gordon in a second, so. Um, what about the prospects going back? Nick Neeter, Christopher Torres, Robert Doug. Do
0: you have any thoughts on any of them? In my piece today. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I, I just I actually just deferred to to Eric on that because I'm not going to pretend like I I know these guys and and regurgitate somebody else's stuff. So I well, just went ahead linked to Eric's uh, talk and it looks like Neeter is, uh, is the is the is the crown jewel there. Quoting Eric Hagel, he says, uh, he's a good prospect. Saw him at 87 to 91 last year, plus changeup, plus command, Uh, fastball movement, crossbody delivery, uh, solid breaking ball to play up against righties. Think he's weird. Reverse splits, a number four, a 50.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I think it was about saving the money for them. Another, uh, just another thing I can add here is that Ryan Divish, the beat writer for the Mariners, just tweeted That an opposing uh, front office member said that the Mariners' tenth best prospect wouldn't even be in their top thirty. So wait, the Mariners? Oh, 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 oh! So so their opposing team, yeah, opposing team said Uh that the Mariners' tenth best wouldn't be in their top thirty. So Depoto, with all those trades, has you know. Walked his way down the mountain when it comes to
0: his prospect collection.
1: You and know, I guess –
0: Kylie McDaniel talking trash Well, the Atlanta I, Braves?
1: I think there's – well, you know, I, I, would, I would assume that it's actually probably more middle of the line. I think that's how bad they've gotten in, in a way. There's not really a prospect that's on my radar. You know, there is – I guess uh, – I forget his name. The, the center fielder, it's like Alex Jackson or something that – No, they traded Jackson. Yeah, and then we
0: have uh, Lewis, like, Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis, that's it.
1: He's, that's, he's that's interesting, right but he's just come off of, like, ACL surgery or something. Like, exactly. he had a major knee injury. So there's there's that, and that's it, really. So I, I do think that what's coming to, to mind this offseason is kind of like you kind of have your choice uh, with GMs. You kind of have your build-it-up, tear-it-down choice. Mm-hmm. And I think... In a way, that Alex Anthopoulos is the tear it down. And I don't mean tear it down like trade away. I mean, you're Dave Dombrowski, like you either have your Dave Dombrowski or your Theo Epstein, I guess, right? And Theo Epstein's going to build you up with the from the inside, right? And, and
0: Dave Dombrowski's going
1: to take that talent and go get an more
0: established talent. and speed up the process.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think in some ways, you're just kind of. You know, most teams kind of shuttled their way through the, the two. So, uh, you know, to his detriment, John Coppolella was all about building, and probably not that great at acquiring major league talent. I mean, look at the guys that he that he got on the major league level: Matt Adams, Matt Kemp. You know, and not look at
0: some of the guys he got rid of in that process, like uh, Alex Wood, for one.
1: Yeah. And, and not so he's, I think, on the major league level, hasn't been good. On the minor league level, he built a crazy good farm system. Of course, he did it with, you know, terrible cheating yeah. yeah, cheating. But that was his focus. Now they bring in Alex Anthopoulos, and if I think back to what Alex Anthopoulos did with the Blue Jays that got him outed with the Blue Jays is trade away prospects. to, to Hang run. on, hang
0: on, hang on. Before you say it, trigger warning. We, 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 we got to be chill over here. We're not trying to get a lawsuit in our hand. You're about to bring up something that is going to— murder blue jays fans but go ahead and, and No I'm not it.
1: even going to say it. I'm not going to say oh, Okay. It.
0: Okay. See I I, I had to get the trigger what, warning out knows
1: there. there. <laughs> Everyone so, knows it's there. But I would expect something like that for the Braves either maybe not this off season but I wouldn't actually rule out you know somewhere in in the next season or two that uh they they do sort of a big win now move. I mean they they did just lose a lot of their prospect depth but They also have something building at the major league level, and um, you know they're going to have to choose some of those pitchers. You know they have a a lot of pitchers. They're going to choose. I guess maybe that's why it'll take a year. He'll spend a year looking at all his pitchers, deciding which ones he likes and which ones he wants to trade away. So, I I agree with that. It won't be a Cunha, so
0: relax on that, Braves fans. But a you could see a couple a, a big pitcher package going for somebody more established, and then you just desperately hope that somebody doesn't end up being. Like a guy who rhymes with Koa co- co- kindergarten. Um, you just you just don't want that to happen. All right, so Seattle uh, strengthens themselves. They unfortunately can't land Otani, which would have been perfect to go move but they're still positioning well to uh to at least compete this year although it seems like every offseason they do some things to kind of get in the news and look like a a sneak competitor and then they never really put it over the top so we'll see if they have any other moves in store let's get
1: these back into the rotation you know whatever you think of felix it gets worse behind them erasmo uh miranda iwakuma on a minor league deal uh, I don't think they really had the money to to do better than that. And then even like the middle, Leak and Hernandez, you know, what are you getting from them? So it's like one pitcher and then a bunch of question marks. The lineup, I think, is solid. I mean, there's, there's the the, is. the biggest holes are Healy and Gamble, maybe, and, and Zanino. But, you know, they're not terrible. And I think there and are... There's, they're the seven through nine, according to
0: Roster Resource right yeah, now. So if that's where your biggest holes are, then you, you've done it right. You don't it, have big that, holes in the two-hitter.
1: I like their bullpen. You know, Tony Zick is is you know, like their fifth or sixth reliever, and he's great, actually. Agree. He's, he's nasty. Pavel Arzabzinski is, a, is a, a really good lefty. His his sinkers got a 95% ground ball rate last year.
0: Pat from the left side, too, so they have a couple lefties right there. Uh, Diaz, felt, obviously, is the closer. His,
1: able to do like 80 to 100 innings sometimes and mm-hmm. uh vincent is funky and diaz is is lights out so actually they're the one team i don't think that needs to spend that they actually that's why they sent a reliever out uh emilio pagan and uh you know if they have anything left in them it's going to be a starting pitcher that's that's what i, would I agree I with that I, I, would agree that. With I don't that I don't sure. want Ariel Miranda on my Major League mound. Is what I'm And saying. they got
0: Marco Gonzalez last year who obviously they're going to try to get some innings out of too, but he's he's no guarantee. So they do have some uh they're it's in depth at the back end of their rotation. I mean, God, if they could get like you, Darvish, I think they could somehow make that. Can they use their international money on him? <laughs> <laughs> You take international money? No, I'm a free agent. Give me, give me real money. Okay, we tried, we tried. Uh, all right. So speaking of starting pitchers, we do have a bunch of starting pitcher moves here to finish off. Tyler Chatwood to the Cubs. He became a bit of a uh, a, a buzzy sort of free agent guy. Uh, Mike did. I saw did you shame
1: game. favoriting me.
0: Oh, dude, did you like that? Okay, okay, <laughs> I got RTA. I'm so glad you saw it. So I was looking up uh i was trying to find mike's piece so i did a, Google, a twitter search on uh, petriello talking about chat what i found that and then i there was something that I, I thought i remembered you saying the other day about him that i wanted to include too so i did a you know Sarah's chatwood search and i found this tweet from like 2011 that says i don't see much out of chat or whatever but obviously it's from 2011 and you were completely justified for that but i was like let me give him a little heart here and see if he notices that so
1: i'm
0: glad you noticed that uh, but he goes to the the Cubs, a little bit, like I said, a little bit of buzz uh, behind him, I think because of, of Petriello's piece opening it up and, and saying how he could be this year's Charlie Morton. Of course, that I'm talking with the public. The front offices obviously were already doing their due diligence on Chatwood probably back in the middle of the season, but he became a little bit more known uh to, to baseball fans and analysts when Petriello did the piece comping him to a potential Charlie Morton. How do you see Chatwood playing out with the Cubs?
1: I yeah, I wrote on it too and I I think I'm really fascinated by his home away splits but you know everyone talks about his 3.30 away ERA. I'm talking about the movement splits. His curveball gained 3 inches of movement away from home.
0: Yeah, the and pitches are legitimately different. He has like a leg- legitimately different pitcher on the road.
1: Yeah, and he yeah, and his tr- pitches move differently. So, you know, I think if they don't they cannot change anything about him and just be the away pitcher. And I think his actual, you know, people talk about how his strikeout minus walk rate is not good. That was Jeff Zimmerman pointed out that his strikeout minus walk, his peripherals in, uh, under, underlying his away ERA aren't great. And so that's so that's why he doesn't think that that's going to hold. I would say that I think his away peripherals, like his peripherals are going to improve because he, he's going to settle into uh, an arsenal that has more movement that he knows how to use better. You know, I agree. If you have a curveball that gets three extra inches of drop on the on the road than at home, it's hard to make that like a 25% part of your arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. But by all accounts, his curveball by results, by movement, by spin, by velocity is a good curveball, a really good curveball, like maybe a plus curveball. And he only throws it 10% of the time. So they could have a really simple thing where they say, you know what? I know it didn't really work for you in in coors, but we want you to focus a little bit more on the force seam and the curve than we do on the sinker and the change and the slider. So I think you know by what you're doing there is you're taking his like what he used as his like second and third most often pitches, and you're saying make those your first and second, right? And I think that'll really change everything for him. I think he's gonna. It, 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 that's it's it's a longer way of saying. He could be like Charlie Morton where you know, he has the good fastball and the good curveball and he, and he just figures the rest out. But in some ways, he's ahead of Charlie Morton because Charlie Morton never really had a third pitch. And Chatwood gives you the opportunity of throwing the slider cutter thing that he throws that he's gotten 16%, 70 whiffs on that seems like a decent pitch or um, the changeup which uh, looked good away from home. So, you know, he's got a couple more chances to be more of a complete pitcher. I would give, I'd give the chances of him being like a breakout pitcher with like a 3.2 3.3 ERA, I'd give that sort of a 10% chance. Okay. I'd say my median projection, which is higher on it than Jeff Zimmerman. He uh, Jeff Zimmerman took the over on 4.15 ERA. Oh, um and yeah. I put 3.80 in my piece today. Yeah. That's exactly where I stand. I think what do you the think? Production is 380, but there's a little bit, uh, there's a little bit of a chance. And 380 is probably like 50s, 60s uh, ranking, but he's probably more interesting than some of the 50s and 60s rankings in terms of upside when he's on the mound. And then he's if only for the 10 percent that you're talking about. Yeah, but then yeah, but then there's also less interesting because of uh, the health issues. I mean, he's 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 not one that you can count on for innings. He's only really gotten. Close to like 150 innings, three. I mean, I don't know. People's like, oh, he only got 160 innings once. Yeah, but three times, and twice in the last two years, he's basically been 150 innings. So, I think 150 innings, three eight ERA, and a little bit of chance beyond that. I mean, there's probably we should probably play. Would you rather? Would you rather? Would My you question rather? on him though is, Would you rather? what about the walks? Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, command and health
0: are because. Are, The the problem. He shows nothing with the first pitch strike rate to suggest that the walks are going to get better. I think part of it is one of these scenarios where his stuff is so nasty that it's difficult to just command. You'd have to take something off of it.
1: But Uh, yeah, but first first pitch strike rate is also something that's in the command of the of the of the pitcher in a way. Like you know, like if you're in cores, like maybe you're just nibbling all the time.
0: Yeah, because you're, you're 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 not going to hear anything. <laughs> exactly. Because, OK, they're going to swing at the first pitch and they're going to hit that gap for a triple in a second. No, I I get what I get. So that. What if, I get
1: and, that. and that could be like a pitching coach thing where they're like, hey, your four seam has awesome spin and it's good. And it's going to have it's going to have more movement away from uh, from cores. We want you to throw that thing high in the zone for strike one. And and he's like high in the zone. OK, you know, I don't really pitch there, but I've Never been taught t- 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 to be like a sinker. And sinker change, sinker curve, low, low guy. You know, but you know, okay, I'll throw that thing high in the zone and have my curve drop in for strikes. You know, two and three, and uh, maybe everything just looks different. I mean, it. You, remember, this is you know what this is. This is the Pirates getting Ivan Nova. This is the yep. Pirates getting who was it before that Burnett when he was AJ Burnett. Yeah, this Francis is Francisco what you Francisco do, Liriano,
0: you, I think is even a, a good comp because I find Liriano somebody whose stuff is so nasty, particularly that slider that he has he has trouble commanding it, but it it didn't prevent him from success.
1: Yeah, but also I I, I think in in specifically for for those pitchers and the Pirates, they got those guys from New York, and they basically said New York is a real hard to, place to to pitch. And I remember talking to Keith Law about Las Vegas for the Mets, and Las Vegas is a AAA place. And he says there are uh, tangible intangibles that are negative for having your tri- your your young pitchers go through Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably true. If you look at hitter stadiums, Bill Petty has this research that shows that hitter friendly stadiums have a harder time fielding with with winning percentage. So there's it's hitter friendly stadiums like extreme hitters parks are bad for winning. So I think what's happening is tangible intangibles. You're you're a Rockies pitcher. You are always you're in, you're like it's PTSD. You're like always like they're always shooting at you. <laughs>
0: you know? No, that's I think that's a great way to put it, particularly with the nibbling and the first pitch strike thing. We could see a total there's a case to be made that all of the Rockies data for Chatwood is somewhat meaningless in terms I, of figuring out what he's going to do with the Cubs.
1: Oh, way stuff. This is, yes. some guy came on my thing and was like, wow, I have strand right in, it's projected war. And I'm like, uh, first of all, pitching war.
0: <laughs> second of all. Don't ever come at me with pitching war, folks. And not ours, not, not baseball. Record. Record. I'm sorry, I just, I don't mess with it at all.
1: Second, second strand right, bro. <laughs> uh, third, what you just said. Like this is it's uh, it, it's it's so confounding. We're, we're finding that it's screwing with hitters. So it's got to screw even worse with pitchers. So
0: agreed. You know, and I got the names for you. I got the names for you in this. Would you rather right. let me know how you feel about these? Let's start with Tanner Roark in Washington between mm. he and Tyler Chatwood.
1: Mm. Well, Roark, I think obviously has the higher floor. So it's a bit of a floor upside thing. I don't. I know that Roark has had a couple, like you know, two ERA, like really
0: remember. good seasons.
1: Yeah, that's a really <laughs> like good season. ridiculous. Like Tanner Roark, okay, yeah. dog. But I, I, I think of him. I would rather have Chatwood actually. Okay, you know, you know, Roark is projected to a four three three ERA, and he has obviously that those those other oh, seasons in him, but. Uh, there's a guy you can talk about strand rate and your sort of traditional metrics and stuff. Um, but, uh, I don't think that, um, I I'd rather take a chance. I think that Roark is so boring and vanilla. The only caveat I'd throw on that is that maybe in a deeper league, I'd want a shot at 200 innings. And, uh, I don't think you're really getting that with Chatwood. So. Yeah, even but, a buck eighty would be probably about thirty more than than
0: what you should expect from Chatwood. Chatwood could best that, but if you're expecting anything higher than one fifty, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. I do have some more um upside-y type names here too that to go with instead of just comparing him versus vanilla four guys. What about Jacob Faria?
1: Hmm. Well, I didn't like about Faria was the 90-mile-an-hour fastball. That was a little bit weird for you me. You don't love that? <laughs> Well, it just like, you know, his velocity just didn't, uh, it didn't line up with what I thought, um, you know, what I thought uh, it was going to be before. Let me see here. Did it go down as a season one? It, yeah, it went down too. Like he started at 92, and then he was, yeah. he was like, below, he was like below 91. He clearly 92. wore it out. Yeah, he, he, he
0: clearly wore down as his as his season wore on uh in the majors he didn't thrown about 87 innings and he was pretty solid. I think he'll be preparing himself this year to make it through the grind cuz he had a noticeable wear down did Jacob Faria. So, um but the he's an interesting actually
1: one. interesting on him too. It's like, you know, I, he's very similar to Cotton actually. Uh, Our boy. Yeah, and uh, it makes me wonder if uh, a better pitching coach would have uh, gotten more out of cotton <clears throat> anyway um uh so I, I just uh it's interesting to see that his peripherals don't support his low era um but then he also has this crazy screwball that cotton has and that honeywell has that uh, seem to suppress exit velocity okay so between chatwood and freya who do you like i'm gonna take Fria. I I just I love that that uh, possibly exit velocity suppressing, uh, uh, crazy screwball thing. I like the idea that maybe he can um, you know stick at 93 miles an hour the rest of the season. He had great strikeout rates in the minors. You're you're betting on uh, more solid ground, I think. So
0: here's here's a really interesting one to me. What about Aaron Sanchez coming off that lost season due to the blisters, the cracked nail?
1: Are the Uh, the drafting areas around
0: the same. Well, I don't. I don't actually know where. You know what? Let me look at Justin's list because I don't know where either of them are going. I think they're both giant wild cards now that Chatwood has a signing spot. I think his uh, ADP will greatly change. It was 399 for Sanchez or for Chatwood, and then 185 for Sanchez. I what think Chatwood you? will get a lot closer to that Chatwood range now that he's been signed with the Cubs. That's my. What was, what was Faria? Oh, let me see where Faria is. Two fifty eight. I was okay. using my rankings more than I was using the Yeah, AD. no, I think
1: I think chat will will uh, end up near Faria in the two sixties or so. I think I'd still take Faria. I'm not gonna spend I like Sanchez a little bit, but I'm not gonna spend that uh, those picks. I would rather just take Chatwood much later, 100 picks later. Yeah, and Faria, you know, pretty special. Okay, so so
0: let's move on. I I just wanted to bring up Sanchez on that one because he is such an unknown. I'm actually really surprised on that ADP. I thought it was going to be in the 200s for sure. Uh, What about – let me look around Faria's ADP here. What about um, Alex Cobb, a guy that was also rumored to the Cubs? I guess he could still go there. I don't think that they're – Completely out of the market for maybe another pitcher, but what yeah, about Alex
1: Cobb versus Chapman? Buzz among Chicago Twitter at least is that uh, Cobb will be there. Uh, these guys are all projected for like four two to 4-4, uh, 4-5 ERAs, which for like a buck fifty too for one hundred fifty yeah. innings. Yeah, so it's it, they are they do, do deserve to be where they are, and probably what's happening with those ADPs are a lot of people uh, drafting off of projections right now. Um, you know, so. You know that's why they're they're lumping together. Maybe th- there'll be some separation as they find their teams, and as people like us and people you know do their own research, uh, you know discuss discussing these players. But I don't like his strikeout rate. I Cobbs, don't like yeah, Cobb's. I don't like his ground ball rate dropping, and I don't like the fact that he was a two pitch pitcher. He's not a two pitch pitcher in the in the in the way that his that his curveball so plus and his fastball is so plus that it doesn't matter what his third pitch is. He used to be a guy who really relied on that split finger, and the split finger never got the movement, Never, not late in the season, not at any point in the season last year. So people saying, well, you know, an offseason, more work with Walt Hickey because Walt Hickey, his raised coaches in Chicago. Jim Hickey. Jim Hickey, yeah. Uh, Walt Hickey is a writer in the Bay Area. Uh, that's what that happened there. So no, anyway, I mean not yeah. – <laughs> uh, so jim hickey you know can find it with him again and jim hickey thinks he can find it uh why didn't he you know like i guess jim hickey said that he stepped away from the pitch because it wasn't working for him and and that if he got back to it he he could find it possible but how much you know how much is a team willing to uh, to throw down on that on that if
0: and how much are you MG? That that splitter was Cobb's pitch. That was a big so, man. Like
1: that he was did take away his best his success. Pitch. Yeah,
0: that's how. That's the crazy thing about pitchers, though, right? Because that's the one that that's the plus pitch. That's the one you can always rely on. And then boom, it's gone. And it was yeah. gone. It just was not reliable. And it never really got that reliability. You'd see him get one off in in a given start and be like, ooh. Can this trick can this be the start and the and here comes the splitter? No, the next six were garbage and hanging and missing a spot. It it just never really got going for Cobb. Um, but yeah, so who who are you preferring there between Cobb and Chatwood?
1: That's a, it's a hard one for me. Clearly. It's a hard one for me. Because the the what's happening is that so why the reason I like Faria is that the the things you need we're you know this group of pitchers right that we're talking about they're, they're pitchers that you need them to do something right mm-hmm. you you're not just plugging in last year's version and saying oh if he just comes like he did last year everything be fine no all these guys need to do something they're all you're taking a you're taking a leap of faith on these guys saying if Faria comes in back at his traditional sort of 92 and a half 93 mile an hour velocity and you know, is built up for the season. Then he will be better. I think that's a nicer if than if Tyler Chatwood changes his pitching mix to fit his new place. That's 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 an okay one. That's better than um, Aaron Sanchez if Aaron Sanchez is healthy and also finds a third pitch. because well, what if the ball is the same too, and it and it continues and to give blister, him these blister? Yeah, issues. exactly. So so that's how I was ranking those pitchers, the ifs, and so. The if for Cobb is if Cobb can refine the pitch that he's thrown his whole career, which seems like, oh, maybe he can. So I guess I'm going to say Cobb, Faria, Chatwood, Sanchez... Think I think I agree awesome. with that ranking.
0: Um, no, no, we're going to leave it at that because we've got to hit these other ones here yeah. where we're up against it on time. So we have four other moves. They're all pretty small. The first one's the most intriguing because it's it's going to be a position change well, within pitching. Mike Miner to Texas, when they signed him, you're like, oh, okay, big piece out of the bullpen. He had a great bounce back year with KC. But no, they're actually going to push him back to the rotation. I don't say push him back as if that's. Breaking
1: news. Breaking news. Giancarlo Stanton has decided not to accept a trade to St. Louis. Cardinals, GTFO, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah. And, you know, not, not uh, nice for Giants fans. Not they weren't the bottom. <laughs> exactly. So, But they're not the top. So uh, I think the top right now, Dodgers. And then you've got some sort of Yankees, Astros situation and then the Giants and, and Astros Cubs I guess I, I don't I don't see the Cubs doing it so I think I don't know and that. I don't actually see the Yankees and I don't see the Astros doing it. I think he did the, the, that's one of those agents things where they just threw him in right I think
0: it's Giants Dodgers as well yeah
1: and, and, and Dodgers Giants however you want to place it but I think it's I think Dodgers are ahead in Giancarlo's head and I think the Giants are ahead in the Marlins Miami's. Ahead. Yep. Yeah. I fully agree with that. The <laughs> and so that saga is like, going to continue. Yo, did you notice that we just out hit everybody? Y-
0: yeah, I'm sorry. Like we
1: have our own Giancarlo. His name
0: is Aaron. We literally have our own. And obviously, <laughs> if you have one thing that's great, having two of them would be greater. I get that. But we'll is, it, is it really worth it? them upsetting everything to try to fit him in pay that money they've been trying to clear all this money oh you're There's trying all this to
1: clear the money purple, for sure yeah, i guess the cubs could get in but uh, you know money for them is an interesting thing too and i think their money is earmarked for pitching exactly i don't see it with the cubs either i
0: really just don't all the cubs and yankees chatter you know i on my twitch streams i'll get the cubs and yankees fans talking about how they're getting stanton or or they you know they feel good about it i'm like it's not gonna especially Yankees fans. I think they're still reeling from the Otani loss when they uh freaked out and oh he doesn't want to come here, he must be a loser. Um they gonna they need to get themselves ready for some exactly. more heartbreak because I don't think Stanton I, I just I just don't see it. I just don't see it. He seems dead that, set on getting out west.
1: I don't think that Otani's that weird either. You know, there's a lot of from the Yankees fans in the first round and, and probably now, I don't want to really look at it, but you know, of you know, why did it why did Otani do that? He can't handle the the big. You can't handle the it's chicken. The dumbest thing ever.
0: New it's York the Post. Dumbest chicken. Dumbest thing ever. No. And he's how much? command what Japan. he wants to
1: do, and it makes everybody feel weird because it's yep. never that way.
0: Yeah, because because usually they can just overpower with the money, and even if you don't really want to go to New York, it becomes such a a money yeah. situation where you're like, I just, I guess, I just have to do this. But it's they a didn't sort have of that life. Like to
1: Japan, he's been always kind of like an out. He, he, like he's not Yu Darvish. Yu Darvish took naked pictures on the front of magazines.
0: <laughs> you know. No, Otani is is a different cat. I I, I totally agree with that. But we got de- derailed there. Stanton not going to the Cubs. Okay. Mike Miner to start with Texas. How do you feel about this?
1: Not good. I, I, not good. I I, I, don't, I don't. I'm not buying him as a starter. Uh, you know. I think that. Um, he, he had about 100 innings in the last three years. and That's the he, thing.
0: He missed two seasons, 15 yeah. and 16. So the fact that he came back to even throw 78 innings was a, a plus. The fact that they were excellent innings out of the bullpen with a total rejuvenation, uh, added four miles of velo, completely changed things. Big strikeout rate, swinging strike rate to back it. Really went uh, with the slider a, a, as a as a major pitch. Thirty six percent. You could add his last two years, thirteen and fourteen together. You could add them, and it would be it was twenty nine percent. So his usage on the slider really amped up. It was an eighty nine mile per hour slider. He was completely different. I just don't see it translating uh, into starting and in him staying healthy for more than I don't know a hundred innings at that point. Maybe he would just be better. If you want to try to get more than the 78 innings because you, you think he's better than that, okay. But I don't think it's starter. I think it's this, as Tyler Kepner calls it, peacekeeper role. Get him in the middle innings there. Get him two innings a pop. And you can get him to 110, perhaps. But starting, I don't know. I'm not that interested. I, I, I want to see how it goes. And if we start seeing him pop the glove in. Uh, in february and march at the same velocity for mike minor then i'd yeah. be interested but as it stands right now i'm and then, nervous and the health alone scares me
1: and then yeah and then on top of that he wasn't that great of a starting pitcher when he was a starting pitcher uh,
0: so. especially the most recent year when he put up a 470 70 and a 144
1: win. One, one good year as a starting pitcher
0: one great year
1: and one solid year. The
0: 2013 year was great at 321, 109. Uh, the 2012 year was solid at 412, 115. A big home run rate really kept his ERA that up. Was,
1: that was back when a 130 home runs per nine was a big deal. It so, was horrific. Like
0: so, You were the worst in the world at that. Now it's just like, well, you, you must pitch in the majors if you have a one, 1.
1: 1.3 home or nine. Yeah. Hence comes the projection for 1.5 homers per nine. It's it's the fact that he's been homer-prone over his whole career. So and going to Texas, which is not,
0: you know, they're not the, they're not the launching pad that they used to be. But just because that they're not the launching pad doesn't mean that they're now some pitcher-friendly haven. They they did have some architecture changes that changed one of their jet streams and really made it a little bit. uh uh, less hitter friendly but they are still hitter positive without a doubt and they're going to be more hitter positive than KC where he's coming from so just a lot of wild cards there that, that work against Mike Miner I can't see getting him on any team even in the AL only situation
1: I mean AL only like maybe like there's the Carlos Carrasco I mean I'm I'm hemming and hawing as I'm saying it, but maybe there's like Carlos Carrasco keeps the velo bump into the rotation. Um, there, there have been some change. There have been some pitchers that have gone, that have kept some of their velo bump, you know, when they went back into the rotation. Yeah. You know, focusing on the slider over the curveball as he has out of the bullpen, maybe that'll be a, a big deal, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just, uh, Here's your either or. It's with our next guy, Mike Fires to Detroit.
0: Which Mike would you rather have, Minor or Fires? Fires goes to Detroit on a one. Oh, by the way, I have not been giving the terms on these deals. Sorry, they're just not so fantasy relevant. But three for 38 for Chatwood. Uh, what the heck was Miners? I, I, three for 328? Three
1: 29 or something?
0: Yeah, three for 28, 29. And then Fires, one for six, just kind of a make good, see what he can do. Speaking of homers, man, he gave up so many last year. It really, really ate up his, his season.
1: Uh, yes. But. but first time first time in his career that he's pitching calling a a, a um, pitching park pitcher's park home
0: um well here's the thing minute maid is actually uh, uh, runs pitcher friendly it's but still homer, homer friendly right
1: and that's his every, problem
0: i know i know i'm just saying yeah as a whole it is still it's categorized on the pitcher's side but the one big issue that Fires has, it would still go toward pitchers. So, yes, he's going to go to Comerica, which is more pitchers overall and more pitcher home run-wise. So, yes, it will be the first time after pitching with um, Milwaukee and Houston.
1: Yeah, I I I see – like I could do a reserve pick in AL only. I could do like a, maybe a $1. I mean – like 150 innings, and you got the wild card of, the, of Detroit. Like how many homers per nine is he going to give up? People don't know this, but in some ways, Detroit is an extreme pitcher's part. It, in certain not, aspects, I agree, yes. They're, they're, like, there's certain places. For example, to center field, I think there's only one distance, one distance from, pl- from plate to wall that's further than Comerica right center field. I believe it. It's insane,
0: and it doesn't get the reputation that it that it rightly deserves. They have a triples alley. It's very hard to do stuff uh, to to, re- to really um, get homers out to center field, and they got Leonis Martin. I know Mikey Matuk was playing center field last year, and I thought he was actually going to have a, an angle on a full-time role. Leonis Martin can really muddy that up, and while Martin has never really hit, his defense has never been in question so that can help somebody like fires so if you are kind of balancing the playing time between matuk and fires i think you got to get Martine in when fires is pitching to give him that asset in
1: center field i mean not that springer was terrible but no 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 i I'm, I'm just saying but make sure no, martinez is like a good top 5 type defensive center fielder exactly he's fantastic so th- there's a couple things that could like, you, like he's projected for, basically, league average BABIP and then a home run problem. And that's partly why he's projected for a 4-9 ERA, and that's not exciting at all. But especially if you, re, if you get him in reserve, like, I'm thinking of AL labor. That's always how I think of my AL only. So it, it'll be different for other people. But in AL labor, like, if you put a guy in reserve, then you can move him in and out. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I could get him in reserve and then I could play him only in Detroit... Like uh, as like a sort of depth starter guy, um, then I think I might be able to coax like a three six ERA out of him.
0: And what if he can cut that homer rate to one two one three? I know it's crazy to be saying that as a positive, but he was at one nine last year, and as you mentioned, fires' projection is one six this year. So bringing it to one two one three would actually be pretty substantial.
1: A nine ERA in twenty fifteen with a one two home runs per nine. So bingo, that's with the new ball. So that's attainable for him. I know he's older now. Um 33. 33, but you know, good park as opposed to Astros and Brewers. So, I don't know. I I there's a little something I like here. It's not um the most exciting thing in the world, but he's always been a guy who has three legit pitches and um and you know, in the and if you count the fastball separately, it's four. He's he definitely has well, last year he sort of developed a sinker, which was a little bit new. But if he if he has a real four seam and a real sinker, he's always had a really really good change up and curve. So yes, th- those uh, are the
0: two pitches that have always sustained fires. He's he's a true innings eater, and and frankly, if we're talking AL situation, I'm taking him over minor because I think I'm going to get him cheaper too. I think cheaper, minor's going to more
1: innings and 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 some up, people will say that there's, there's no upside with fires, but I think we discussed what the upside is, and, and there is a little bit there.
0: I think when people talk upside a lot of times they only think about being a superstar and they're like, there's no upside there. No, no, no. It's upside from where their, their draft cost is. Right. And yeah. when the draft cost is virtually nil, then everybody has upside at that point. And you can see a path to even like a four, four ERA, which would not be eye popping or
1: what if you New can manipulate me, it, but it would be manipulated into play him, don't play him and stuff like that. Yeah. Then maybe you can get 75 innings of, with some wins as opposed to 75 innings from a reliever that gets you no win. So yeah, I mean, he's it, it, not worthless.
0: Exactly. I agree with that. That's the way to put it. Let's move on to miles. Make list. Um, you might remember that name uh, depending on how, how deep you go on rosters, uh, not had knocked around for a little bit with Texas. They're bringing him back over from Japan after three really strong years. No, they're not the, the, the major leagues are not, not Texas. Um, St. Louis Cardinals signed him. I think it was a two-year, fifteen million dollar deal. If I have that one correct, um, that's an interesting move. The easy comp—it a—I I, I don't think it's really lazy. I just think it's—it's it's kind of the obvious one. Uh, is Colby Lewis because of just how everything fit? Went over there, got himself right, really amplified his his command and control approach. Uh, had some good seasons, and now he's going to try to bring it back and see how it works. What do you think of Miles Nicholas to St. Louis for two years, fifteen mil?
1: It's a, it's 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 a fascinating. I think it's one of the most fascinating moves this year. I think, um, depending on cost, it has oodles of upside and downside all rolled into one. And uh, I've been texting people and talking to people and arguing with people offline, online. I've been emailing people. I've been trying to find out as much as I can about Miles Nicholas and I haven't written a single thing. Um, what I have found in recently, uh, this will publish sometime next week, is that plate discipline and batted ball stats in Japan are nearly identical to what okay. they are here. I think some people might find that surprising.
0: I do find that surprising, yes.
1: They're, people talk about it being a contact-friendly league over there, and yet their swing rates, their contact rates... So many many of of the rates are almost exactly the same as they are here. People talk about it being a spray-hitting, you know, sort of uh, ground ball league. And I just found out, this is uh, breaking news. I just found this out by digging a little bit. Uh, The launch, this is funny breaking news, super nerdy breaking news. The median launch angle in Japan is the same as it is here.
0: It's legitimately the nerdiest news. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> I love it. But,
1: I absolutely uh, love it. but so uh, I think that's relevant because uh, and then there's some other stuff like it's unfair. The league is sometimes unfair on strike calls to uh, Amer- Americans or Gaijin foreigners um, over there. Our league is also unfair. So uh, as an as a non superstar, he's going to have to come over and earn his reputation. But he did that in Japan, you know um i think he's got good command on a 93 mile an hour fastball and he's not going to get swinging strikes and you know that if you listen this is why it's so fascinating people are listening or you're like oh yeah you guys like the swinging strike but we also admit that the research suggests that called strikes are as good as swinging strikes so you know it's he's a guy that's wraps all like biases and uh, and sort of translations and all the stuff up into one but you know, a guy I trust, Adam Guttridge, over at, at Nafi Analytics, you know, he says he was the fourth best pitcher in Japan last year.
0: Damn, that's Miles Micklis, by the way, coming yeah. over. He's going to be age 29. And like I said, I threw out that Kobe Lewis one, that Kobe Lewis comp. And you might be thinking, well, Kobe Lewis, that, guy, that guy's terrible. You, Go back and look at what Kobe Lewis did when he first came back. He was what a it, damn solid Kobe pitcher.
1: signed back then with uh, the Cardinals instead of the Rangers.
0: Oh man exactly because that was when Texas was still a launching pad and that's why after that first year when he came back and he allowed a point nine homer rate and it was awesome uh, the next two years weren't quite as good because he had a one six and a one four so he really had to overcome uh, that aspect of it but he put up three really good years ended up getting hurt again and then the last three years of his career. Or uh, up and down, they were not great. The, the final year, twenty sixteen, had a three seventy one ERA, but with a four eighty one FIP for Kobe Lewis. But he, you know, he older, came over. Dude.
1: Yeah, he did. and he has he has fewer pitches, I think, than Nicholas. Um, you know, Lewis was basically a two pitch pitcher for most of his um, time in in the pros. I think that Nicholas uh, has actually developed a, a curveball. Okay, and well, so he, he was throwing it more in Japan, and so that means he's got three pitches now. Good command. Uh, the fastball is not a nothing. Uh, you know, Colby Lewis came over with a 90 mile an hour fastball. Nicholas is going to come back with 93. So here's, here's the question. Yeah, you ta- you taking him in mixed leagues? Yeah. Where whereabouts? I can't push him past. I can't push him off the bench. I can't, I can't, I can't. You know, have him as my top five. One in my top five. But you know, once you're talking 70, 75, he's going to be one of the more interesting ones down there.
0: I agree. I think he's going to be really intriguing. come over
1: for innings too. Like he's, he's been pretty good in terms of innings. So I don't know. The one thing that makes me a little bit nervous beyond what, what I've said and beyond all these other things, which keep him from being a guy you want to depend on, but is, is what's, is he, is he in the rotation? Like for sure. I mean, maybe well, I, guess,
0: I think at know. the very least he'll get an audition to start because, um, uh, Alex Reyes is going to start in the bullpen. So I right. think that that clears a path now, assuming they don't do any other moves right now to the rotation, but I think that clears a path for Nicholas to be he's in fifth with starter at first. Yeah. Martinez, Waka, Weaver, Wainwright, Nicholas. And then you have like Jack Flaherty on the outside looking in and Reyes in the bullpen to start. I think and then,
1: that, and then maybe Wainwright, you know, gets hurt or, you know, they, they move him to the bullpen or something, so, make him, yeah. a, make him a swing man. Because I mean, he's, he's nearing the end of his career. If they're competing, they can't keep running for, for for the sentimental value of it. Yeah, they can't. You they know. can't run out. What he's done the last two years, they can't. They can't keep running that out there. So
0: not a, not a chance. I got a few names for you then, real quick here: Miles Mikolas or Jose Urena
1: in Miami. Nicholas.
0: Miles Mikolas.
1: Urena is forever. like uh, oh, sorry, it Urena reminds is me of that was the, the next one. Pedramo. Oh, Ordomo. they're just one pitch pitchers. They just, got sinkers, right? they just got sinkers. <laughs> That's all they got. Um, yeah, Perdomo was on my list, but also Trevor Williams. So
0: I have William, Trevor Williams, Jose
1: Reyna. Over Overall and, and, I, and I'm predisposed to being biased against Nicholas. And when the Nicholas news first came out, I was searching around. I said, I'm, I'm skeptical. All I can find is a command adjustment. But then I started talking to Jim Allen, who said he, you know, he started using the curveball more and started talking to the Navy guys. And I've been sort of convinced into this, but I, I will take him over those three names easily. OK, I like it. I like it. All right.
0: We do have one more move. Last one. Really, really small, because I don't know that he's really going to make an impact. Brad Boxberger uh, to Arizona, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm, hang on. I'll admit. Yeah, maybe I'm just desperately hoping he doesn't make an impact in the ninth inning because I love Archie Bradley and I already have him in two leagues. So let me put that bias on the table. No, I'm I hoping that he doesn't come over. And Bradley control
1: control. should be should be the closer and he probably will. But there's always injury. I would say that Boxberger's second in line for saves. Um, they are a team that's like sort of perennially up against their numbers uh, in terms of the how much they can spend. Mm-hmm. And so if they see if they think, um, you know, they, they ran Rodney out there for a long time ahead of Bradley. So if they think they can keep Bradley cheaper uh, by playing Boxberger as the closer. You know, there's, there's a well, there's a non-zero chance. That's the
0: metric route too, right? Because yeah. Boxberg, you can put him in the ninth. He's got that set, isolated role. Keep his innings down that way, and Bradley is the the fireman type, the peacekeeper type, who, who, where he's getting more multi.
1: Yeah, who used to throw? Uh, he used to be a starting pitcher, so still has some arm left in him. Threw mm-hmm. 73 last year. Maybe you can get 75, 80 out of him again. Um, yeah, and do those multi-inning Andrew Miller type innings. So it, it's not possible. It's not impossible. I would say that uh, Boxberger's chance of save is probably around 15%. And uh, the other thing I want to add is that Boxberger's change up was best in the league um, mm-hmm. when it came to movement and velocity. Uh, okay, off the fastball last year. So that's interesting. Uh, I think that's interesting also because he kind of lost the change up for a little bit through the injuries, mm-hmm. the core problems. And so I would say he got his change up back. He's ready to go. And that little factoid that I just gave you is going to be in the press kit uh, for the card uh, for the uh, Diamondbacks next year.
0: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And no, let's they, not.
1: They, they, they contacted me. They're going to put it oh, in. They,
0: the oh, me. they're like, can we please use it? That's awesome. That's, That's never awesome. happened
1: to me before. I was like, hell yeah. That's really cool.
0: <laughs> and don't forget, you know, it, it's a few years gone now, but 2014, Boxberger had a 42% strikeout rate. He was one of the best relievers in all of baseball.
1: Got
0: uh, 27% the year after, but then 19% and 16% back up to 33% last year. So it's vacillating a little bit, probably he was really
1: due to good the injuries. last year. I think
0: he was. He was pitcher. really solid for sure. Yeah. Good pickup, good pickup by Arizona. They strengthened up their bullpen there. They got a one-two punch with Boxy and Bradley that could work really well. All right, I think that's going to do it. Uh, Heck of an episode there. We got lots cooking. The winter meetings, don't they start in like five days? Is it the
1: 10th or the 12th? It's the 12th, Uh, I'm leaving Sunday morning, and it goes through uh, Thursday, but I leave Wednesday night, so that's when I will be there. So maybe next Friday for the next? We should do one. No, I think we should do one from the meetings. Can you? Okay, if you can do that, I'm uh, there we'll, all day and into the night, and you know, uh, stuff will be happening. It might be fun.
0: Let's try I mean, to plan for maybe. Now it's did you leaving?
1: Happening! I'm so excited. Stuff is it's,
0: happening, dude. Every time, even something like a Chris Iannetta move, which actually did happen while we were going here, he went back to the Rockies. I'm excited for. I don't care. I'm excited for all of it. Give me all of the moves, <laughs> all <always. laughs> mm-hmm. even that. Inject my going.
1: veins.
0: What's that? Yeah, exactly. Inject it to my veins. Let me (laughs) snort the moves. Give it all to me. I got snow in Austin yesterday. Give me all of the baseball. Yes, dude. Dude. Like packable snowball snow. Now it's literally all gone already because uh, the sun came out today. But it was like legitimate snow and it was very, very stupid. I don't, Texas. <laughs> and I was mad. <laughs> I was very angry about it. It was so freezing too, because it was pretty windy. At least like when it was happening. Then at, at later in the night, it it calmed down. But wind and snow, no, no, 30, 30 degree weather stuff. No, no, no. That's garbage. That's trash. Uh, but I think it's supposed to be like seventy on Sunday here. So that's insane. We have bipolar weather. Anyway, gotta wrap it up. Hope you guys have a good weekend, Justin. Thanks for producing. Eno we'll talk to you next week from the winter meetings, bud.
1: Yes, thanks for listening.